Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. Glenn is here from GT Auto Center. Esther is manning the phone lines. Car Clinic's the program. We're fixing cars on the radio. It's that simple. Glenn, welcome back to the show. How are you? Good evening. Good to be back. Oh, man. I got to say, this is uh, lots going on. And on yesterday's Car Talk show, Mm. we had a uh, follow-up conversation texted through to us from Ahmed. And Ahmed, actually, as I was driving home and going, I don't remember talking to Ahmed on the car talk show. We spoke to Ahmed on the car clinic show Mm. because Ahmed had the Nissan Patrol. Okay. And you'll remember he had the new Nissan Patrol and he was getting some pretty lousy fuel economy. Oh, right. Yeah, that's it. So he's he's come back to us. I want to read the message that he sent through and... uh, Use it as the the kickoff for the program. By the Mm. way, we look forward to getting your SMSs or calls into the car clinic because literally we help to give you some advice on car repair and maintenance and and such. So here's Ahmed's follow-up message. Hello, guys. I called a few months back about improving the fuel economy of my Super Safari. Remember he bought the brand new one? That's right. Yeah. He says, I tried to keep the RPMs low, which worked and got about an additional 100 kilometers of fuel economy. Cool. It's exactly what yeah. we suggested. Uh, but it took the fun away from driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Well, I mean. Yeah, well, there's no, you know, there's no burnouts at the lights. There's no, you know, I mean, not, not that he's doing that, but, you know, mm. it's. It's unfortunate, isn't it? But, I yeah. mean, you know, you could uh, take a Formula One car, go around a track yeah. at low RPM or as low as possible to keep the engine running. But, yeah. That wouldn't be fun. No. So he's taken the fun away from. So with the recent increase in fuel prices, he's considering what some garage owners are telling him uh, is the solution, and that is to reprogram the car and install a chip which improves the performance and fuel consumption at the same time. Wants to know, what are your thoughts on this? My second question is I'm looking for a way to lighten the steering wheel as it's super heavy when turning on the road, but amazing off-road. So we had a go at that yesterday, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to fire that back into you. Yeah, so the first thing about the tune, nothing wrong with it, good idea. There's just a couple of things to bear in mind with that, and the most important one of those is whatever you do, if you do decide to get it done, get it done by a reputable company. Somebody that's got approvals, somebody that has a proven track record, somebody that isn't going to disappear next week when you need to go back because the car won't start or you've had a problem. So definitely do what you can yeah. to so check the guys out. And, and we, we've had a couple of those people in on the that's show. That's right, yeah, so we've been on with them a couple of times. So so do ask the questions. Yeah. And there are, there are people out there, and it is, it is done now. Make sure it's legal. Yeah. So don't go crazy and try and get the thing to a thousand horsepower. Um, it's possible, but don't do it. You need approval for that. You shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. But but the other thing to mention here, which is key, and I think people forget this, if you're changing the way the engine operates and you're changing the power output that it produces, mm. you have to accommodate 
for that with your maintenance and service. Okay. So if you're if you're getting any more power out of the engine or you're getting more economy out of the engine, it's running differently. So the way it burns the fuel and air is different. So here, here's my thing. This is not a Nissan Altima. No. Nope. We're talking a patrol. Yep. And we're talking a super safari. Yep. Is throwing the new chip on, is doing this reprogramming, is it really going to win him a lot of extra oomph and extra economy? I'd be more interested in the economy. Hmm. I mean, it's a powerful truck anyway, yeah. but it's a big truck and it's a super safari. It's designed for off-road. Yeah. It kind of gives it away with the name of it, doesn't it? So they're not designed with highway driving in mind in you know particular. So for me... I'd be more interested in going to see what economy you could get from from the tune. And uh, I guess it depends on what your what you call economy. So he he drove it better and he got a hundred more kilometers yeah. out of the tank. And I think we mentioned to him before as well, like you need to get a few kilometers on the engine to yeah. start let things wear in and bed in, and and the economy will improve sort of every kilometer you drive up to about five or six thousand kilometers potentially. So. That was important to bear in mind. Yeah. Make sure the tire pressures are the correct pressure, and just you know. And you've got the correct tires on the vehicle. That also, depending if you've got those big balloon tires. That's or, right. Yeah. So if you're going yeah. off road with it and you've got the big oversized tires, then they're they're going to really cause a lot of drag and extra friction on the road. So that's going to yeah. bring the economy right down. But uh, economical driving is is something that I'm familiar with, coming from the UK, and and you know we used to sort of constantly pay attention to mm. the miles per gallon as we we'd get over there on the display on the car yeah, and, you know we we'd, we'd try and get 50 or 60 and that was pretty normal because we have small cars or we had you know if it was a bigger car it typically have a diesel engine in it mm. and they were more economical so slowing down using the transmission rather than brakes that helps yeah, but and, it might not be as fun to drive as he's but saying again you'll lose all the fun in driving it mm. however if you cruise around town with it you have some sort of city city tires and wheels and you cruise around town driving as you would a normal car accepting that it's not going to be the most economical vehicle and then go and have fun with it in the desert at the yeah. weekend yeah and that'd be my personal choice that was exactly what we suggested yesterday <laughs> that'd be what i'd um, do what about the heavy steering so the steering there's a few options to go with here again if we're talking about wheels and tires for on road and off road i know people with steering wheels for on-road and off-road so you really get, yeah so you can get the slightly bigger wheels you can get the smaller wheels and people i i've got customers that race on tracks that have a racing steering wheel which is slightly smaller gives them a more positive feel that they'll change over slightly bigger one for driving around town because they have a tight parking space or they go down three floors into basement parking and it's mm. a lot of tight sharp turns at slow speeds so if it's slightly bigger it just obviously helps with leverage um you might just lose some of the positivity of it like you said it's good off-road now so there are but they are expensive there are gearing options for steering racks and steering boxes so so light lightening the steering wheel do you think that not lightening but changing the diameter of it because he's talking that he's saying it it turns heavy yeah so it's just just the feeling of it obviously if you put a bigger wheel on there it turns a lot easier so Um, it's got nothing to do with the suspension or could have an issue could have an issue with tire pressure if you've got big could be those big oversized tires tires, that's not going to help so and if you take the wrangler james outside if you get in that and then you get in someone else who's got big mickey thompson's on there with the huge tires yeah that won't steer anywhere near as well as Mm -hmm. yours Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just friction okay so there's there's more to this story than yeah but i for for me on-road and off-road wheels and tires a set of those would probably cost you less than the tune 
and I think you'd benefit from that. There we go. So yeah. this this is a yet another set of uh, answers we're firing your way. Hopefully, hopefully this uh, gets you smiling again with that super safari. Yeah. Because although and and with fuel prices constantly going up. I look at it. I just like you, like you're saying. It's like this is an expensive vehicle. They're they're mm. not known for spectacular fuel economy. No, that's that's an Ultima. But they are known for Tita being spectacular off road. That's it. So and you get in that thing every time, and you smile, and you're driving a super safari. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think buy a set of wheels and tires, and if you buy them from one place, you could probably do a deal where they'll sell them to you and agree that. You'll go in there every Thursday to get them changed over free of charge, and then every Saturday afternoon when you're finished in the desert for the weekend. Bring it back. Yeah. There we go. Work work out that deal. Yeah, I would. Sounds like a great deal. If you're wondering what you're listening to, by the way, this is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. We're taking your calls. We're taking your messages. We're helping you sort out your auto maintenance right here on Dubai Eye 103.8 FM. It's the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. We're fixing cars. It's that simple. We've got some great questions that have come through. Zane is already in on the, the system. And he's uh, Zane's saying, hi, I have a Suzuki Grand Vitara. I love those. The 2016. Yep. I, I love those. I mean, they just... I love Suzukis. Yeah, definitely. I, I saw a Jimny the other day. Oh, wow. But th- get this one. A Jimny with the off-road awning on the roof rack on it so that you could get in the middle of nowhere and put the awning up and then just sit in the shade. Nice. On a Jimny. Got a lot of those in the UK. Yeah, Not so many here. They're yeah. a bit small, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think I'd like one, though. See, they're great off-road. Yeah, they're, they're light. They're very good with fuel economy. Yeah. So. It's got a, it's all in one. There you go. A little bouncy, but hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a Jimny. Yeah. Uh-huh, I think I'd like one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to back to Zane's <laughs> message here. Uh, first owner uh, and wants a recommendation. Says, I, do I get the warranty on the gear and the engine if I continue to service uh, get the service from the Suzuki dealer? But that could cost me quite a bit. Mm. Do I really lose if I service this vehicle outside, considering I'm not going to keep the vehicle for more for much longer than uh, 2020? That's coming from Zane. Look, there. That's, that's a tough. That's a tough one, isn't it? They're famously reliable Suzuki. Yeah. You know, they they are famously reliable. If you've maintained that vehicle on point from day one, by 2020, it's only going to be four years old. Yeah. I'd be very, very surprised. You'd be really, really un- unlucky. So do you think it's out of warranty at this point, like the the Suzuki? It may be that they only had uh, oh, three old. years okay. with it, because the 2016 model will have yeah. been sold in 2015. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I got so that. it could be that it only had three years. So, yeah, if the uh, if the warranty's coming up, then... I mean, my, my need... first question was, have you had any trouble at this point with the gearbox? Yeah. Look, you'd be very unlucky with a four-year-old Grand Vitara to have had any problems. It depends, yeah. obviously, how you're using it. If you're using it off-road and you miss the service and you know that you have, then I would say perhaps go ahead and pay for the yeah. extra cost of the of the service at the, at the agency to, to keep the warranty up. But... You know what? You shouldn't always assume the agency are more expensive. This shouldn't be something I'm saying, really. I, I don't work for an agency, but... Sometimes they're not. They're bring the car in, and let's say you bring it to me, and I'll, I'll just sit down with you and tell you, well, this would, ha- this would be from now to 2020. Based on your expected kilometer, you know, this would be how much it would cost to service the car, failing, you know, sorry, apart from any failures that we have to repair or yeah. replace parts on. So then if I was to say to you it would cost X amount, you could then see how much it would cost you with the agency, and you might find that 
it may not be that much. Yeah. And for peace of mind, buying that extra that's warranty probably the other priceless. side is you yeah. know getting the extended warranty in some ways peace of mind extended warranty from the agency and yeah can be worth it and if you want to sell it next year because you decide yeah. you want to you know you maybe get offered a job some other oh, country yeah, or you, yeah. you know you want to sell it you never know anything can happen then if it's got warranty with it that car will sell straight yeah. away there you go so it might be worth the extra few durhams i'd check it all out first but go to somebody or go to two or three places and yeah. ask ask one of them to give you a breakdown of the cost or estimated cost of yeah. standard routine maintenance for the next two or three years and then and when they're taking a look around they might be able to say yeah you know what this is this might this piece might go that piece might go yeah uh, they they can even give you a, when they're looking at engine and drivetrain yeah give you an idea you know how you're looking at that yeah I mean something to bear in mind that if the warranty just covers only the transmission and the engine there are a lot of other things on that vehicle that yeah. that can be expensive to repair obviously AC yes uh, that's one of the things that this time of year we're all thinking about so it sounds to me like that's what this extended package based on this message yeah is engine and drivetrain that's yeah it. if that's all it is then it's, <laughs> it's you need to sit down with somebody and talk about all the potential yeah issues you may face so obviously we're not going to sit here we don't and know. say there are these issues with this type of car that yeah. wouldn't be right of us but having to sit down and having a talk that would be easier to do that kind of thing and, and, and then you'll have all the all the details you need to make a, a good decision on that yeah. there we go easy uh, let us know how that all pans out for you I'd like mm. to like to know what your what your thought process yeah. is as you're looking at all of this and uh, th- that being said there are some there are some really good uh, places workshops to get your vehicle service yeah, that are right. outside the agency as well yeah. once you've gone past warranty periods if that's what you choose to do so. yep Ahmed's come through I got a, he's got a 2014 Wrangler squeaky sound of the brake pedal okay how do so I fix that is this the actual pedal itself squeaking or the brakes when you press I'm them I'm thinking it's just the pedal he's inside and it's making a squeak so if it's just the pedal then we're we're talking about just cleaning it up and put some grease on the pivot and the spring that would be the first thing to do and uh, see how you go it could be that it's worn obviously you've always got mm. sand or dust on your feet as you get in the car and that that would be an annoying there, so. sound, though, if you're going to hit the brake pedal and keep it... Yeah, so just getting it cleaned and, and getting some grease on there, yeah. that, that'll potentially fix that. The sooner, the better, because if it's squeaking, it means something's uh, something's potentially wearing out. So if it wears out beyond cleaning and grease, saving it, then you'd end yeah. up replacing parts, which isn't great. Yeah. So okay. uh, if, it's, if it's a squeak on the brakes, then that's something that you need to look at separately, but... It's just the pedal. If it's just a pedal, you could probably WD do that yourself. WD-40. Yeah, you WD. probably do that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center, by the way. If you're wondering what you're listening to, it is the Car Clinic. My name's James Pikeway. This is Dubai I 103.8 FM as well. Uh, another question has come through. Do you think it's a good idea to get car wrap for the extra shine transparent film? It costs about 2,500 dirhams and, gets, uh, and the car gets a wet shine look. Really cool. Is uh, this? Do you think this is a, a, an expense or an investment? What's your opinion on it? I like wraps. They're good, they're, and they, you know, you can kind of get the finish that you can't get from paint, and they add a lot of protection to the body as well. So you get a, a panel that's damaged. It's easier to rewrap it than it is to paint it normally. I've never heard of a wrap. This is coming from Ali, by the way. That that gives you that uh, that wet shine. Yeah, look. I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. The only one thing that's worrying me is what what's the wrap 
made of because if if you if you imagine a scratch on a car now that's painted mm. you can polish that out because there's material there to polish so polish is basically very very fine granules uh. which are scratching away at the surface to make it level again right and that's what you're doing when you polish it so you're polishing out a scratch you're just basically sanding it down with a instead of with sandpaper well, you can use sandpaper for more deep ones but that's but what you're doing but on a wrap uh, that's a bit more difficult right so hmm, I'm, I'm wondering how much or how resistant it is to scratching especially in our climate that's a good question to ask and uh, they tend what's the how long do, I'm wondering given that you're going to be sitting in the sun for quite a bit how is yeah. this going to wear over time well that's right I mean you, you think about headlights year? right think about headlights how many headlights do you see faded from the UV damage in yeah. the the plastic for me and, and wraps tend to be quite soft and malleable obviously they've got to be stretched over panels to get them tight and to have a good finish they're going to be in the heat they're mm. not something like paint which cures and sets yeah i i don't really know it's a lot of questions to ask yeah i, 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 I do I, like the idea though 2500 seems like a good price too that's a good price yeah mm. real good price like even if i was to do it every two years that, that I, I could probably budget that in yeah, you could probably budget it in for sure. Yeah, what shine looks. So, but there's lots of questions to but ask. But have you spent twenty five hundred every two years on paint and body repairs? No. So it's twenty five hundred. Drive a Wrangler. I don't mind yeah, a little so scratch. Twenty five hundred more than you would have done. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't so, be spending any of it. There you go. Definitely, <laughs> definitely get it. Definitely get it. Um, some kind of answers to those questions, you yeah. know, and, and and if they can yeah. give you a. The, the first question is if it gets a scratch. Yeah. Is that repairable? How do we how do we deal with that? Second question is, what's the longevity of this? How yeah. long do they figure it's going to maintain that wet look, yeah. given the UV ratings? And is it is it uh, spec'd for our environment in the summer? Yeah, that's right. And so that, that's that's a good question. Yeah, there we go. That's an easy one. Uh, again, look forward, Ali, to hearing what you do. Pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah pictures. But especially with those questions, love to love mm. to hear what what the rap people yeah. are saying about that. And and remember, ultimately, they're trying to sell you the wrap. So right, be yeah. skeptical. Ask lots of questions. Look for testimonies and look for people online that yeah, have used find it. Find out where it's coming from. Yeah. And if it's if it's coming from a cold climate, remember that that's a very different climate than here. Mm. So um, you, you want to know how other cars have done over that's time. Uh, the back to Ahmed's question. That's the 2014 Wrangler mm. with the squeaky brake pedal. It is the pedal itself that's squeaky. Yeah. Then the, you could probably get in there yourself and and do it i i would uh take any carpet match you might have in there out and like you said change wd-40 just yeah. some kind of maintenance penetrating spray and uh spray around the pivot work the pedal a few times and then spray around there again and, and see how it goes mm. um I, I forgot to mention to you last week on the diy show mm. colin was taking car repair questions as you would expect. Well, <laughs> yeah, I would expect. Um, we, we actually had a caller. I wanted to bounce this one off you, who um, they had have a vehicle that I want to say it's a Lexus 570 maybe. Nice. Uh, three rows of seating. Yeah. And the second row of seating, when they put, so the seat must have been brought out mm -hmm. or brought up. When they put the seat back after their relatives had been here, it now makes a squeaky sound. Again, by the 
well, they're not sure where it's making the squeaky sound, but it's driving them nuts. Yep. Colin thought, well, maybe it's where the latch is, and you want to just get in there with some some grease and stuff. Uh, it, is this something you... Yeah, I see this a lot. Oh, so, okay, so there people, we go. See, people tend to not move the seats for extended periods of time. So you might have 12 months between relatives visiting, and then when they do visit, you move them around again. So the springs and the catches that are in the lock and the latch mechanisms do tend to start to wear so you'll you'll operate it for the first time in six to 12 months and and it'll perhaps go beyond its normal range of movement and then it starts to squeak it could very well be that and a bit of wd-40 and then the, the key is not just spraying that in there you then have to operate it and get it to penetrate around the whole mechanism so that might help the other thing that people sometimes do is when they put them back in there they they can put them in and the seats actually squeak where the leather material of the seat rub from left to right that where they touch each other if they're not quite in at the same position then they'll they'll rub against each other and give a squeak from there so that is something worth looking at making sure they're fitted in the centralized position but uh very likely to be the latch yeah all right um there we go. We're, we'll come back. We've got more messages coming through. We've got calls that have left messages. we got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> We're coming back to what? The Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. This is Dubai I 103.8 FM. Car Clinic's the program that you're listening to. GT Auto Center's Glenn is here. We're answering your questions about car maintenance, repair, and more. Uh, Esther's firing through a few texts that have come in uh, over the over the week. And uh, here's a great one. It says, when I was a small boy, I was told that if we switch off the engine when it's boiling, the engine will cease. Uh, Instructions I received was to stop the vehicle, put some water in the radiator, and when it cools down a bit, stop the engine. Is that correct? I've heard something a little bit like that from my grandfather when uh, we stopped the car once when it was overheating. And he said, oh, I I don't want to switch it off. Uh, just yet i want to try and call it down first but um as he found out at the time i remember a few curse words shall we say how do you call an engine down that's running and you can't open the cooling system while it's hot so i guess you could put some water or cooling into that overflow tank but it's not going to go anywhere is it so so if it is overheating and i stop it it's not going to seize if it's overheating and you don't stop you are going to seize okay so i would definitely definitely advocate for switching it off as soon as possible okay. obviously once you're in a safe place, open up the bonnet yeah don't switch it off in the middle of the highway yeah try and get somewhere safe um and then get the engine switched off that would definitely be my choice more modern vehicles they have they have got uh, auxiliary water pumps electronic water pumps which will keep water circulating once you switch the engine off and they have obviously electric fans which will keep the the air flowing through the radiator even with the engine off so in the more modern vehicles, it's definitely not an issue because the water has kept circulating. Okay. I, I have heard it before, but it's a catch-22 situation because you can't cool the engine down while it's running, especially yeah. when it's not going, moving because there's not as much airflow through the radiator. Uh-huh. And don't open the cooling system with a yeah. hot engine and don't open a cooling system with an engine that's running. There you go. Okay. So turn it off. Turn it off. And just wait. Yeah. Open up the hood. Don't be that person who's thinking, oh, I'll just open this up because everyone's thinking, what are you doing? Just turn it off, call the call the recovery vehicle, put up that triangle behind so no one gets into any... any Stay out of the car. Yeah, and just wait. Yeah. 
There we go. Okay. Very good. Uh, Rafid has sent through a text. Says, I drive a Range Rover Vogue 2014. Nice. That's a really nice vehicle. I wonder if it's white or black. I'm saying white. Yeah, okay. Red interior. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, after three years of use, all of the buttons in the interior got worn out, and it looks yeah. all old now. I need your help to find a place to fix it. What do you What do you suggest? Okay. So... There are issues, especially with the more luxury high-end vehicles, where they have this soft sort of rubberized coating on the switches and the buttons inside the cabin. And what happens is ultraviolet light starts to break that down. And then uh, perfumes, aftershaves, uh, hand creams, sun cream. Obviously, we we live in a place where we need sun cream on quite a lot. So these these kind of uh, products, they have chemicals in them that then accelerate accelerate sorry the the breaking down of this rubberized coating yeah. it then goes really sticky i'm sure we've all been in a car with that yep so then they do wear out and it's awful you know you, the last thing you want is is this black gunk all over your fingers when you're driving your range rover with a nice leather steering wheel so i get it a lot of people will buy especially for the ac controls the rotary ones they'll buy covers that go over them mm-hmm. they're just a, a normally a brushed aluminium or a, mm. a plain black one which means that at least you can operate those but the push button ones very difficult um, unless could you just replace you can replace them they're expensive yeah, so yeah. the switches tend to come with the units and the uh. units are computers they're control units now so they can be expensive you can remove the units carefully clean all of the rubber off of the switches but then you don't necessarily know what the switches are for because all the switches look the same right Mm -hmm. so it becomes a bit of an issue you take a picture make a stencil and spray over the top again and and try and make it but it's it's a lot of work i've done it on a porsche 911 actually about two months ago maybe three Mm. just because the part not necessarily because of the cost of the of the part but this was down to the fact that we just couldn't get one for 45 days yeah so all right, so really there's no shortcut here. Not really. It's an expensive replacement normally. Um, you can clean it off, and then that's that's one option. But covers are where people go. You know, I've seen people cut out individual pieces of black electrical tape and stick them over the switches so that they can press them. But, yeah, normally the covers on the rotary ones are the, are the first ones to go, and okay. they're, they're, they're pretty easy to, to cover up. Yeah. All right. Uh, Matthew's come through and he says, while idling, especially at traffic signals, does it make any difference with the with the choice between engaging the car in neutral, putting it in park, or just keeping it in drive with your foot on the brake in terms of enhancing fuel efficiency and load <laughs> on the gearbox? Uh, the load on the gearbox, I get. Yeah. Yeah, we do get some of these cars that turn off and turn on, turn off and turn on. Yeah. Uh, thoughts? So, on a modern car... You leave it in drive, and after a few seconds and understanding that you're not moving, you've got your foot on the brake, the clutches will be disengaged in the gearbox, so there isn't any load. They're just so sensitive to the control that you wouldn't notice that when you release the foot, you won't notice the split second it takes to engage the clutches and they'll move. Mm. So on a more modern car, not an issue. If we're talking something of an older generation transmission, perhaps 10 years older or, or a little bit more, that is a bit more of an issue for wear on the transmission. However, it's a bit of the opposite way around. So leaving it in gear is probably better uh, really? than leave, than shifting constantly to park. That's down to the fact that even though it's engaged, they are 
operating under oil pressure and they can have it reduced so that the pressure on the clutch is in 100% when you're sat in, 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 okay. in drive with your foot on the brake. It gets to knowing the condition. Moving it in and out of, of drive to park and, and vice versa, that causes more wear and tear on the transmission. Uh-huh. So I would always, in terms of mechanical benefits to the car, leave it in drive. However, it's safer for you and everyone else on the road to put it in park or at least neutral but if you're putting it in neutral put your parking brake on right because if you have a problem and you then release your foot from the brake pedal the car is going to start moving so um for safety's sake and it's in the highway code in the uk it was one of my questions i remember being asked this by my driving instructor you should always put it in in park Mm-hmm. or neutral if it's a manual so load on the gearbox really not a big issue load on the gearbox it needs to stay in drive for okay. me all right there you go matthew hope that sorts you out yep. if you got questions by the way you want to get them through to us this is the time to do it glenn joining me from gt auto center the program you're listening to is the car clinic the station you're on in case you're wondering is dubai i 103.8 fm you've got issues with your vehicle you got some questions about maintenance glenn is here from gt auto center this is the car clinic and we're taking your calls, queries, comments, you name it. Uh, get involved in the program. Here's a great one from Faisal. And he's come through on the SMS line. He says, hi, guys. Hope you're doing great. I'm doing great. Are you doing great? Doing great. Esther, are you doing great? Esther's doing We're all doing great here. <laughs> Thumbs up from <laughs> Esther. <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, Faisal's come through and he says, my father's Nissan Tita 2008 year model. I love Tita's. I really they've changed something in the design the, the most recent iteration it looks like it just looks really sweet so Nissan's have stopped looking like Nissan's now a bit like with the Kia's and the Hyundai's yeah. they look a lot more something cool yeah th- that's it yeah. they look cool yeah. yeah they look cool so he's got a 2008 Tita I think will run forever yeah for uh, sure he says out of nowhere suddenly the uh, airbag sign is showing on the odometer and it's blinking steadily throughout it is grabbing your attention it is like the ramadan lights in your face yep i've added a little bit of editorial <laughs> there he, he didn't write all that but he, he did write that but yeah you get where i'm going it says i've tried a couple of resets from videos i've seen on youtube but the light doesn't go away uh, it's kind of like a movie by the way the cat came back national film board google it it's the same kind of thing. You'll get you'll get it. Um, <laughs> making a note. <laughs> yeah, the cat came back. The cat came back. It's got a catchy tune. The cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. Thought it was uh, a goner, but the cat came back. That sounds familiar, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm Go, singing that Watch the video. Head, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, you will. Watch Excellent. the video. You'll... Anyway, <laughs> back to Faisal's message. He's watched the videos. The light keeps coming back. Do you have any idea what's going on here? Yeah, so get it checked out straight away. It's your SRS, your restraint system. You know, there's there's a there's a there's an issue somewhere, yeah. and you don't need an airbag until you need it. So make sure you get it checked. Yeah. It's often some of those sensors just start to wear and tear. What shouldn't happen is it shouldn't go off unnecessarily, mm-hmm. but the light is telling you there's a fault there. Yeah. And if it was to go off unnecessarily, yeah. instead of saving you in an accident, it would probably cause one. So my 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 airbag light went off a couple of years ago. Yep. And it was doing exactly the same thing. 
you know, and, and putting a piece of tape on it wasn't a good option. So. <laughs> no, no, it's not it's a like, good option. You know, <laughs> it did run through my mind now. It's like, do I really need this airbag? Anyway, um, it, it, it what what ended happening is it was the clock spring in yeah. the steering wheel. Yeah. And when they plugged it in, and they it said, yeah, it's an airbag, but it's connected to that as well, yeah. and that's where the actual fault was. So I was going to say on the teeter, and you haven't mentioned it, so I'm, I'm saying no, but have you got a problem with the horn as well? Ah. If you've got a problem with the horn, it's it's a good sign that the clock spring or the slip ring or yeah. spiral cassette, whatever you want to use to term it, that's probably where the, the failing is. And that's basically a wire that's coiled up which yeah. allows the circuit to be connected and the steering wheel to turn at the same time. And they do break. Yeah. A little plastic mount that that's cost it. me a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's right. I, I looked at it and there's yeah. there's a connector because wires are going through it. I'm going really. Yeah. Like really, and and mm-hmm. the guys who obviously had to install it, they're going, yeah, we got to take the whole steering wheel that's off, it. and we don't yeah. like doing this either. No, no, I don't <laughs> like taking steering wheels off Wranglers. Yeah. So. Yeah. They were not happy. No, about that's um, that's that's probably yeah. the first thing I'd look at, just but because of the amount of wear and tear. Yes, but definitely get it checked. It's the yeah, airbag. Videos on YouTube. Look, there's some great videos on YouTube. Some yeah. amazing videos on YouTube. If you don't have any knowledge about what you're looking at or doing or any underpinning knowledge about what the system is doing or trying to do or tell you, playing around and trying to reset an airbag light is an issue. I've been there when an airbag's gone off in a car in the workshop and it's deafening, frightening and... So there's a little charge in there that... that It's effectively an explosion, yeah. yeah. It's an explosive. That's why... That's why they're difficult to get. That's why they're so expensive because they have to be transported in special transport and mm. very, uh, very dangerous. We used to have to, if we change one, if one had a failure and it brought the warning light on. And when I worked in the agency in the UK, we'd have to ignite them before we sent them back. Wow. So uh, we had a we had a teddy bear, stunt teddy bear okay. that we used to attach to them when we did it. But uh, that thing would go 100 feet easily, yeah. like. So it's a big explosion. Mm. So you do want to be really careful, but get it checked. It could be something like that. That would be my most common sort of answer to that because okay. of the wear and tear. You're always turning the wheel. All right. Salem's come through with a real quick one. He says, what's your opinion on uh, and suggestions about some of the new Chinese vehicles that are out there? Are you seeing any of them coming into the workshop? Not getting many in the workshop just yet. I think they're kind of still in warranties. I think they, okay. they only took off the last couple of years. So most of them are still in warranties, but... Again, where some of them might have copied quite obviously some other brands, there's nothing wrong with that. They're, yeah. they're good cars. They're good value. Yeah. So uh, I think some of the guys on the on the car talk they, have uh, they, they, tested them. They have, and they actually uh, were really impressed. They were skeptical going in, and uh, they they came out going, you know what, great value. I always hear that the ACs and the stereos are good. Yes, that I was. I always get told that about anyone with the Chinese you car. Know they say, AC and the stereos are really good. That was exactly the thing. They they that Shazad did not stop talking about the AC in the vehicle that he was driving. He said mm. it was so cold. Yeah, he's not had such a cold AC on anything he's yeah. driven as the Chinese vehicle. And, mm. and he was he was happy with the build quality. And and like he said, well, I guess we'll see once they start coming out of warranty. But there's quite a few coming out. Yeah. So they'll they'll do all right. In five or ten years will be just like we just said with yeah. the with the the guys from Korea, the Hyundai's and the Kia's of the world. I think they're already jumped ahead of the early start. They've early missed vehicle. that awkward yeah. phase, and they're already in the you know. So yeah. I think they'll do really well. Yeah. So. Uh, Go check them out, Solomon, and see what you think. Yeah. 
Another one that's come through from Hisham says, I drive a 2014 Q5. I've been having issues with the engine and transmission. It's been in the workshop three times over the last four years, but thankfully under warranty. They won't extend the warranty after five years. Do you know any third-party warranty provider, or is it a good time to let the car go? If you don't like driving the car and you've got your eye on something else, then sell the car. While it's not got any issues and you don't have to worry about selling it with a problem to somebody, then yeah, then sell it. It's been in the workshop three times over the last four years. That's not bad. For transmission stuff. If it's always the same problem, then you've got an issue. Engine and transmission. If if, If they've been doing major repairs, then... Maybe uh, that's something you want to think about. But there are people that do uh, warranties. There are third-party warranty companies. There's a, there are a couple in the UAE that I've worked with in the past. Would, would they do a third-party party warranty, extended warranty in this case, on a vehicle that's had that much engine and transmission work? I don't, don't think I don't think they can. Uh, oh, they don't look to see. No, they they can't be prejudiced in that way. Okay. Obviously, they're not going to give you a warranty on a vehicle that's got a an engine that's missing in it. I think yeah. Obviously, there's certain things that you've got to meet certain criteria you have to meet. But they're good companies. They're international companies. Certainly, one of them that I've worked with here, and I'm sure you'll have heard of it. We'll we'll probably just send you a message off air. But there there are. Are they expensive? It depends what cover you want. So there's okay. typically three, four levels, and they differ in certain components they do or don't cover, and maximum claim per, maximum amount per claim. So sometimes you can only claim up to five thousand, sometimes you can go up to ten or twenty. Obviously, a vehicle like a Q5, it's a premium car, so parts can be expensive and repairs can take a while. So claims up to 5000 probably wouldn't be the best one to go for it probably be better to to go to a more expensive tier and, and get a claim limit of up to 10 or 15000 that would be my my advice with that but there there are companies in the UAE that do do that yes oh, that's really good to know hmm. so i guess it's uh, you know do do your math and and really give a good look at the vehicle are you are you, are you still in love with it and if you're if not you're asking the question, I think I think he's if it's running okay and you're asking the question for me, I think you just go with your instinct and and, and then maybe sell it. Which I mean, I I've got no issue with the Q5. I I take take it off your hands if I had the money. They they do have issues like all cars. Being a premium car, the prices can be premium sometimes, but you get the benefit of driving a premium vehicle that's comfortable and has good performance and. So you have to weigh it all up and, and see if you do sell it, what can you put that money towards? And then is that vehicle going to cost you a lot to maintain and repair? So a lot of things to think about here, but there are companies that will do your warranty and it might be good for peace of mind. Yeah. There we go. Glenn, we've run out the clock on the show once again. It's time never get to the notes anymore. (laughs) I know. This is the other side. We have a full set of notes. I take time to work on these notes. I know know what the answers are. I've done research. I've learned a lot about cars doing this show. Stop posting the notes on Instagram or something. Uh, well, you know what? We're going to do it all again next week. Yep. Same place, same time. We didn't even get to talk about Ian, the Skoda guy who came and visited you. No, met Ian. Yeah, great yeah. guy. I love his car. So we, yeah. we didn't even have that conversation. No. Right? Ian, shout out to you, by the way. It's great to know that you're listening. Uh, we'll, look, we'll do it all again next week. Same place, same time. If you want to run into Glenn, GT Auto Center over behind the Garden Center is where he 
works, and uh, more than happy to have a tea with you. So go and go and say hello. Otherwise, uh, get involved in the program every week at this time. If something's going on with your vehicle, you can always fire us an email in advance of the show, nightline at dubaii1038.ae, or during the show, SMS or call through. Esther's always manning the lines, and uh, we're, we're happy to talk with you. Look, we're going to do it again next week, same place, same time. Glenn, thank you very much. Good night.